This podcast is protected under the laws of the United States and other countries. Unauthorized duplication, distribution, or exhibition may result in civil liability, criminal prosecution, and the wrath of the tall man. <laughs> Boy! Thank you for coming to the 90 for Chill podcast. This is where I like to give my trigger warnings and context concerns. And this week, my guest, Gregory Carl. Well, you know, with the PG-13 rated movie, I like to try keep. Well, I like to keep all my podcasts PG-13 rated, but after you know three f bombs in ten minutes, I'm just gonna leave this one as is. So you have been warned about the language. I eventually end up dropping one later in the show. So that's what we're interested in today. So if Beavs and Butthead was not offensive to begin with, we're gonna make it offensive now. Welcome to the show. Little Hand says it's time to rock and roll. Bring the noise. And welcome to 90 for Chill, the podcast. This is your host, Catbus Russ, is the handle that I've been assigned. If you want to follow what I'm watching, though, you can go to letterbox.com slash cmdarth. And if you want your Amazon Echo or Google Nest device to play the podcast for you, ask it to play Podcast by Russ Stevens, and you'll fill your home with the dulcet tones of yours truly. And this week, Gregory Carl returns to the show to discuss the 1997 animated classic, Beavis and Butthead Do America, probably the most successful adult animated movie, I'd say probably since, well, if you really think about it, perhaps Fritz the Cat, which is another film that Gregory and I discussed. The guy's got impeccable taste. Foul mouth, but impeccable taste. So we're going to revisit this feature and we'll have our wrestling chats we'll even investigate tom cruise's uh comedic chops a little bit random but that's what you come to expect from any kind of movie podcast that's what i've found otherwise if you want to be on the show go ahead and send an email to rustthebus07 at gmail.com that's r-u-s-s-t-h-e-b-u-s-0-7 at gmail.com and offer me a movie a theme a director an actor just try to focus on sub 100 minute material to guaranteed a slice of fried podcast gold rate and subscribe on your favorite apps i do reciprocate five-star reviews and if you want to talk trash about the show do that at my twitter account that's at catbusrust but even better, let's move on to Mastodon. My username is at Stevens at Mastodon.social. So with no further ado, I've been watching a little bit of AEW. Let's get on to the show. Beavis and Butthead do America. Hey, hey, do America. We're gonna score. We're gonna be movie stars. There's gonna be chicks, and we're gonna go to party. It's gonna kick it. Ow! Settle down, Beavis. All right, so Boomer Siri says that we are on, and this week 
Gregory Carl once again returns with his impeccable cinematic taste, uh, suggesting Beavis and Butthead do America from America from 1997. Of course, I'm your co. I am your host, Cat Bus Russ. All the podcasters will just call me by that. They're not letting cool movies Darth get over. Pure, it's, you know, Illinois' premier CM. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I should really try to. I, I really should just go and start a movie podcast, just a uh, wrestling podcast, just to get that going. But yeah, let's do it. Fuck it. I want to do a. <laughs> I would love to talk some wrestling. I just I have no time for production. Yeah, a uh, bunch of sirens and shit come down here too, dude. I never want to know what's going to happen on this street. Huh. Oh yeah. Oh, yesterday I was. I spent a good. Um, was it yesterday? I think it. No, probably Thursday. Like, um, there was something going on on the street ahead of me. Now, I'm I'm living in an apartment where I got a discount initially on the rent because of a red stain in the bedroom. They couldn't get out. (laughs) Um, But, uh, no, there's always something fishy. There's something fishy always going around here. But, yeah, they had about three cop cars, and they pulled a car over along the street so they didn't try to get them into a lot or anything. So, needless to say, I was recording it, you know, until I saw everybody was in custody. <laughs> like, I'm not, you know. We had a few fire trucks a couple oh. of days ago. One oh. of them was my fault. <laughs> uh, anyway, I mean... I'm not supposed to burn boxes. <laughs> There's so many Christmas boxes. I just wanted them gone. Yeah, I know. I know. And you figure, what, you're in Lincoln, right? Yeah, I burned a bunch of stuff last year, but huh. you see, I, I, growing up in Morton, they don't let you do anything fun. So, uh, I yeah. mean, we were every, oh, the neighboring towns. You have to convince them that no, we don't have a dandelion law where you can get fined if the dandelions on your yard. <laughs> but uh, I've never but, heard of that before. Well, Morton is an interesting town. Morton, well, I wouldn't say that interesting a town. Pumpkin capital of the world. I mean, it's the best, but it, uh, best known. Um, but when I was growing up, we had 37 churches for a town of 15,000. So, yeah, the little puritanical. So, which yeah, kind of, <sighs> which, yeah, which, uh, well, it doesn't look that bad when you're driving up fifty-five, I fifty-five, one fifty-five. But, um, but you know, speaking of a puritanical town, <laughs> I remember my older sister and I, uh, seventeen and nineteen respectively, going to see the first showing of Beavis and Butthead Do America. Um, so we were all a little surprised that, well, there was a little bit of backlash. I mean, it's a PG thirteen rated movie. It's yeah, nothing compared to a couple of years later when South Park debuted at our theater and we were there for the first night. Um, but yeah. Uh, I forgot this movie was PG-13. Well, I mean, there's no, there's no home run R-rated scene. I guess if it was a, I guess you could say the entire um, finale that, starts with um beavis whacking it in uh anderson's camper um was would be uh would be questionable but uh i mean uh 
let's see, it was Ace Ventura when nature calls that he uh, did the same thing. So, I, I you know, uh, it's a it was a weird time. I think uh, the next year was uh, Saving Private Ryan, which oh everyone should see this movie. So. That's again further emphasize that uh, we don't really care about violence, as long as you don't use any dirty language or show any nudity. So, um, so I imagine. I mean, I, I watched this movie today. It is very just childishly, just dumb. It's gleefully dumb. Oh yeah, no. I, I, but it probably just seemed like it was rated R because I I wasn't allowed to watch people in my head, but I did oh, anyway. Yeah. Oh no. We my parents uh, quit let us stopped us from watching MTV about the time my little brother was born, so that'd be eighty eighty six. And my mom was just thinking the mu the music videos were getting too risque and such, you know. <laughs> if she only knew. Oh yeah. So um. And then we kind of were able to watch it because my big sister was a, uh, the poetic critic was a Michael Jackson fan. And so there were many of Michael Jackson weekends. And um, yeah, so we were able to watch that. And then she got into David Bowie and we went to, you know, uh, we went to see the outside tour in 95, which was a uh, Bowie with nine inch nails as the opener. Um so yeah, that that kind of broke the um, broke the uh, mold. But you know, junior high I think was when Beavis and Butthead started. Maybe freshman year for me. So it was kind of like yeah, no, mom and dad definitely. Mom, I should say, I don't think dad could care less. He was watching South Park with my little brother on like soccer trips in when he was in high school. So um, yeah, that's um. Uh, but yeah, Beavis and Butthead, I mean, this was the classic uh, series that finally they can claim something corrupted their kids. You know, nobody, you know, there weren't that oh, many. The infamous kid that set the house on fire. on fire. Right, fire, fire, fire. Yeah, of course, that that's the most famous. And I think somebody tried playing frog baseball, which was not on the TV show. That was on liquid television. Um, yeah, Liquid Television was another one of my favorites. They had great animation back in the day, actually. Yeah. Did. Oh no, they had a they had a pretty strong uh, stretch, I'd say, from um, Liquid Television. Um, then they branched Beavis and Butthead and and Flux out of that, which I just watched the 2005 movie. And it's not as bad as the reputation is. I've uh, never actually watched it. That's the one Charlize Theron, right? Yeah. I mean, I never watched it from beginning to end. I've only ever seen bits and pieces, but it just, I don't know. I, oh, the C, the, the CG, the, it's, it's a heartless Matrix action movie, but um, there's a good, good enough twist in the middle of it, which kind of makes sense and uh, then simultaneously kind of misses the point of Ian Flux, but no, it's not, it's not, it's not unwatchable. Um, which, you know, I'm just now realizing, okay, I'm in the uh, credits with the Isaac Hayes <laughs> theme song. Oh, yeah. Back when he, like, 
that's what Scientology will screw and it seems to screw anybody up. I mean, if Tom Cruise wasn't trying to kill himself every movie, uh, I don't. Th- I think we would have pretty much gotten over him after his entire entire Katie Holmes stint. But now he's just, yeah, he's he's working too hard to not like. I suppose I haven't seen uh, Top Gun Maverick. I'll say that right now. I wish he would do more Tropic Thunder type stuff because that's they, my favorite he's ever done. They are. There's always been a. Um, I think I can't remember the character's first name, but there's always been a Grossman movie in the works, and they just haven't been able to nail everything down. But it's it's been in the works since he got nominated for Best Supporting Actor for that. Um, yeah, he was so fucking funny in that, and I never expected it of Tom Cruise. Uh, <laughs> Diet Coke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I I can't remember the other time Tom Cruise was funny before that. I'm trying to think. I guess yeah, you'd say I, uh, I trying so hard to be cool. I, I guess you'd have to go all the way back to Risky Business. Um, Wasn't he funny in that though? I don't remember anything funny he did in that. Oh well, he's deli- he's he's playing off all of the madcap humor, you know. Um, like when he does his entire monologue with the um, Princeton representative as he's basically running a brothel out of his parents' house. And, you know, he's just going on and saying, you know, no, sometimes you just got to say F it. And uh, after that interview is somebody who lives in Champaign-Urbana. Um, Rebecca DeMore said, asked him, so how did that go? And he Claps his hand and said, "Looks like I'm going to the University of Illinois." So, I, I just kind of find it funny that um, probably the most prestigious school next to um, well, I mean, it's the school in the state that gets the most done. Northwestern's got the best writers, but uh, most most cultured. But the internet started in Champaign Urbana, but uh, and I couldn't get into University of Illinois, so it's more of like. And it was looked like a trash school in the late in the early eighties. Damn. <laughs> um, but no, he doesn't really. He's. Uh, I mean, now I'm just gonna. I have to look at his filmography, which is uh, Tom. Yeah, Beavis and Butthead was crazy huge there for a good couple years, man. I collected oh, the well, comic books, fucking all that stuff, man. Oh, I can't say I collected much of the stuff. Um, dude, I was in it, man. I love Beavis and Butthead. I still do. Oh, I'm not saying it. Uh, yeah, I guess you say Tom Cruise is in Jerry Maguire, and again, you could say, well, he's not really funny in it, but um, yeah, it's a comedy. Yeah, he did Rock of Ages. Night and Day is supposed to be a action comedy. Uh, oh, he's Austin Powers in the Austin, the Austin Pussy movie directed by Steven Spielberg in the third Austin Powers movie. Huh. Um, third Austin Powers. It's fun. Uh, Michael Caine is great as uh, Austin's father. 
Yeah, but that's that really pretty much like he's always been the cool guy otherwise. Like um but you know, I guess to bring it back to uh Beavis and Butthead, I guess you would say that um you know, they did their best to be cool with this movie, uh with uh Demi Moore and Bruce Willis as uh Muddy and Dallas Grimes our uh, base antagonists to the feature. And they probably divorced maybe a year later. <laughs> How they were never caught before. Like they must, those must be the most inept government officials ever. Like well, he's just driving and driving, swerving all over the road, like the entire time. <laughs> it all depends on the town you live in. Like, yeah, I see that all the time in Champaign-Urbana, like going to work uh, back when I was at a bank and I had to go through the town instead of like, where I'm working right now and just have to hop on 74 across country through checkpoints and shit. Well, the, the first checkpoint, first checkpoint, he played, played nice through, and then he was driving through the desert until he, and he got back on the road. But you know, I, that that's again, the worst thing about nine 11 is that we don't get good caper movies because of how serious we have to take the threat of mass murder now. Yeah. Um. So, but basically, this movie is essentially a Forrest Gump with dick jokes. I mean, Forrest Gump is probably the most topical. Obviously, there's plenty of uh, inept uh, hero movies. I mean, Inspector Gadget was never did anything on his own. He just let Penny direct him unknowingly but let's see yeah, all right Isaac Hayes Forrest Gump um if we were gonna have to do a live action Beavis and Butthead I can't see anybody I I think you'd have to be Butthead but I could see Keanu Reeves Man, I don't know. You see, you can't do live action Beavis and Butthead because anyone you get would be way too pretty. Yeah, that's true. Well, I think you. I think one of the problems I had with the new Beavis and Butthead, it looked like a slick Adult Swim show. Well, and that's that's everything. Just well, tiny. Are are you talking about the uh, Beavis and Butthead revival in the early uh, teens? No, I'm talking about the new new one. Do the universe. Oh, I, I haven't watched it earlier. I haven't watched it all, but yeah, I haven't watched. I I knew they were getting. Thought. I thought they were getting a new series anyhow, alongside um, do the universe. If I'm correct, yeah, there's new episodes too. I haven't watched any of them. Yeah, and well, and I, you say about how pretty it, pretty the new show looks. It's kind of like, well, could you imagine the pain in the ass it was to make this movie because everything looks pretty in this one. Like you see the depth in the rooms, the shadows, and everything, which definitely was not Beavis and Butthead on uh, MTV. Yeah, true. And I mean, I mean, watching Do America and then Do the Universe, there's a big difference between the two. Well, there is, gosh, close, you know, 25 years now. You kind of hope, I suppose. I mean, I don't know, like, when you say, oh, a nice-looking adult swim show, and it's like, 
Uh, that's kind of a tough thing. Like, that's kind of a tough thing to measure. I think, I think with Adult Swim, most of the shows being flash based for the longest time, um, helped it out. Because um, with flash animation, I didn't uh, get too deep into it when I was in, um, getting my web designer certificate. But um, oh, it was just so so easy to like oh and and that's why everything's computer now anyhow i mean it's a pain in the ass to create the wireframes but once you have them yeah you're just manipulating them i don't think it takes that much of a coder which is prob which is probably wrong which is probably why most video games look like crap upon release and it's kind of like gosh you know i like the joke that the pinnacle of gaming was the the super nintendo but, you know, let's be realistic. Maybe it was the PlayStation uh, 2. I'd say Sega Dreamcast, but I'm just a Sega Nar. Uh, I'm just a elitist. You um, ever beat the Sega game? I'm sorry? You ever beat the Sega game? Of Beavis and Butthead? I don't know anybody who had. <laughs> Me neither. Yeah, uh, it made it, if it made it, it, it made it on to Angry Video Game Nerd. <laughs> and it looks like the Super Nintendo that was actually the playable one. But um I mean that was interesting because you you did it <laughs> because they incorporated war into that game. Oh yeah, they did. Yeah, and I did eventually see Gore in East Peoria, let's say 2000 maybe 2009. Yeah. I was at that show. Ah. Yeah. That was yeah, a open i'm sorry they had that canadian band open i can't remember that i just remember they had that one song that was it was on one of the guitar hero games and they got kind of popular off that and then they just kind of fizzled away yeah yeah i'm trying to think of it it's like See, see what i mean yeah um yeah, so I made it a point though to be kind of in the back of the crowd. I was I wasn't up for the blood sp- spilling. I think I, I've only I like there's only one band I've gotten up and close and personal with really. Um, that's KMFDM. A, I'm sorry. KMFDM. Uh, okay, no, I have been up close pretty much every show I've seen them. And I'd say that for most industrial bands, but it's not a industrial music can get weird. Cause you got people doing that. um Electronic dance music, dancing, which kind of looks like they're skanking, like it's uh ska music. Um, So you kind of get that. Like I saw that when I saw my life with the thrill kill cult. Um, not so much uh, Lords of Acid, Pig, um, but um, KMFD. I mean, I, I I'll, I'll get up and move my fist. Like usually, I like the last major show I've seen like in an arena was uh, Muse in 2013. Um, I mean, I saw Nine Inch Nails at the Amphitheater up in Tinley Park uh, in 2014, but. Um, and but I, I I don't like to be in crowds jumping on top of each other, moshing or back when I saw Nine Inch Nails in 95, you know, seeing Trent drop a keyboard into the crowd just for kicks. <laughs> um, 
it, honestly, it was like, I'd say it took 20 years for Nine Inch Nails to finally get the live show nailed down, but they've done it. <laughs> um, I've never seen that Nine Inch Nails live. I'd like to someday. Oh, yeah, so. I saw the first time I saw them was opening for Bowie, which is awesome because you had a when they did a transition instead of just changing sets. So you got Bowie and Nine Inch Nails performing about three or four songs together. A duet for Hurt. Um, second time I saw them was at uh, the U of I, which was an interesting venue. Um, I mean, I think they probably sold 10,000 tickets, but they cut the arena in half for it. So... Like and I and I'm still upset that Tony Khan has not brought AEW back to Champagne. Like, we didn't shout I L L. We didn't respond to his I L L with I N I strong enough. I don't know. Freaking Mark. <laughs> um, I mean WWE has come back. I lost complete interest when CM Punk went away and he announced the best of seven trios tournament. Like, all right, fuck you. I don't need this. Oh, the trios tournament has been awesome. Uh, best to kiss my ass. Oh, don't yeah, the... I don't have a championship then. How about that? You only got two fucking trios teams. Well, no, you've, you, you've got three. You got, you got Dark Order still a thing. You got best friends. You, you you've got a division. It's just that you really got to prove that Kenny Ome- that the elite were the top team, and you can't. And if you don't do a best of seven, then you're burying Death Triangle. And you know it's and uh, that, that's stupid. You don't need a best of seven tournament to do that. You yes, you do. Over and over and over and over again. And they keep doing it better and better and better each time. That's uh, that's what happens so. when you do a best of seven. Booker T versus Chris Benoit was awesome. Like, hey, while we're on this subject, and you brought him up. You see, uh, I saw some highlights of the uh, uh, Wrestle Kingdom. I, I, I I've already watched. Yeah, I have NJ, I have NJPW World. I'm disappointed that I could not. Arrange my sleep schedule. I'm disappointed Will Ospreay didn't win that title. No, it builds up for Forbidden More to Forbidden Door Two, where Kenny will beat him again, and then you save it for Wrestle Kingdom Wrestle Kingdom 18, where Osprey gets his win back. No, it's how you do. No, it's long term booking, man. Um, now I so no, I'm all like AEW is is still doing its best to make it look like sport, which is something like the angle right now with uh, um, MJF and Brian Danielson. It's all right. So you have to be the number one contender. You have to go through the rankings. So you're going to have to win for the next seven weeks. And then Danielson agrees to it, but they've agreed to an Iron Man match at revolution. If Danielson makes it. So. You know, that is something that MJF does. I'm kind of getting tired of his whole, no, you have to beat these seven people until you get to me. And like, well, you've already done that. You've done that with the last guy and the guy before that, probably. He, he's done it with, he, he's, and, he, and he said, you know, I have a tendency to do that. He even recognizes that. Yeah, he made Wardlow go through uh, five stages, Jericho through five stages, Cody through five stages. 
I mean, again, I'm I'm all about it. Like, um, when you only have four pay per views a year, like that's uh, that you gotta you gotta make every, and it you know I don't know WWE is gonna go to shit pretty soon since McMahon's coming back. Oh, it still is mostly is. I don't think he's gonna come back and do anything creative. He's gonna come back and sell the fucker. To the Saudis, that's the biggest, that's the first, that's the people in the lead right now, which I don't know what to say. My, my... I mean, let's be honest, neither one's been great for a little while. Oh. They each have their moments, and that's about it. Oh, nah, I'm, I have been an aide, like, I'm a guy who worked on the indies who never, like, Ring of Honor was my goal. Um, Like, would I take a WWE contract? Yeah, I would take a six-figure deal one shot. And granted, it's not a six-figure deal. You got to go through NXT where you got a $500 per week check. <laughs> and if you don't make it to the main roster, you're screwed. But, um, I mean, it's... For me, like, my trainer, he was making 150 Danny Daniels was making $150 a match when I was with him. You know, three three nights a week, that's four fifty. Yeah, you gotta do a day job still, but that's pretty good money. Um, so so no, I no, no. So yeah, um but I, I'm an indie guy. I just that's that's me. Like you know, I was and I, I believe the screw job was a work. So I got over my hating Vince McMahon for screwing Brett. But yeah, it's um. But let's see, let's see. Nine, uh, all right. Um. But again, um, with the uh, beefs and butthead to America, you have your villains, um, Dallas and Muddy, and honestly, they're better villains than most. I would say. I I say that after do- watching uh, Under Siege recently, and it's like. These characters don't monologue. Yeah, they are like more. They're kind of. I don't know if this is the right word. They're more realistic, kind of. Yeah. Well, I mean, guys, but I don't believe for a second that they were able to pull off a heist at a government facility. They just yeah. seem far too inept to be able to do that. That that and that's still top secret biological weapon. No, I, I. That's too far. Yeah. It's um, it, it's a MacGuffin. They seem more like drug dealers. Oh yeah, no, that's that's more along their lines. But that's you know. Well, they but said they they're are mom and pop arm smugglers, specifically are, arm smugglers. Yeah, um, which even with arms smuggling, a mom and pop can do that. Drug dealing, yeah. No, this is like the big score, and that's probably why they're trying to kill each other. You know, this is this is the score. So, um, but when you talk about the uh, the gut, the uh, authorities in this, you know, being in that, well, you have Robert Stack being obsessed with uh, cavity searches. <laughs> oh, Roto Rooter, don't, don't don't stop telling the back, back of their teeth. teeth. <laughs> um. 
And, and, you know, I don't know what to say, though. It's kind of like Robert Stack is the voice of authority when it comes to the 1990s. It's what makes all those lines funnier, too, because he delivers them very straight. Well, and he, and he did that all the way back in Airplane in 1980. But it, it, it like it's one of those weird things that Robert, like, Robert Stack didn't have those Leslie Nielsen opportunities. Like... All right, he did. Well, he was in. Yeah, he was very serious, but that so was Leslie Nielsen back in the day too. Right, though. and that's why I'm saying it's kind of weird that Robert Stack didn't get those offers. Well, I well, think that... that's what makes the makes those guys funnier too, though, is they're very classically trained. And yeah. Just... Oh yeah, and that's that's why Leslie Nielsen was able to do it. And I think if I listened, re- I've been listening to I listened to a couple other podcasts. Um, not a strong start out of California and uh, the no on 15 all cast out of Chicago land. Um, and they were talking about uh, one of them was talking about, Oh, uh, they're going to redo the naked gun. I mean, I heard the Fletch remake was uh, the Fletch sequel was good. So I'm not going to poo poo on it. And they're the going to I just found out that existed the other yes. day. Oh no, everybody. That's the problem. Like it was well-reviewed, well-received. Like, and uh, I think Paramount Plus, like Paramount released it in theaters for a couple weeks and when they, but they didn't do any advertising for it. <laughs> so they were basically just looking for streaming content. Um, And we've gone through about 30 minutes and I haven't done my uh, new ritual for the podcast, a shot of a lort. <laughs> All right, down the edge there. That is something I'm kind of curious. Um, do they have Malort down in Lincoln? Well, yeah, they got Malort everywhere, dude. We got a liquor store right down the street. Well, I don't know. Like... Well, I don't know. Like, I, and when <laughs> I, I, I go to Binnie's to buy, uh, Binnie's, um, the Chicago chain to buy my, my booze. Or I go, to, I know Friar Tuck started it and they had it in Peoria eventually. Um, no, you see, Malort is the, if you, Malort is the drink that, uh, shows you're part of the Peoria, uh, not, not the Peoria, the Chicago wrestling scene. That's the rite of passage. If they, if they invite you to, if the wrestle, if the, if the guy, the maid guys invite you to drink Malort, you've made it. Um. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, I've uh, never had it, so I guess I've never made it. <laughs> Oh, you know its reputation, I presume. Probably about the same as any other alcohol. Oh, um, my friend Stephanie described it best. She tried it like the, before it got downstate. Because back when I was um living, still living in Peoria, until it arrived at Friar Talk, and I'd say that's close to 2014, 2015, like whenever I'd go up to a wrestling show up in Chicago or a Cubs game, I would find a liquor store and buy a bottle and bring it back down. Um, so, I mean, it. so I'm kind of surprised that uh, your regular liquor store would carry it. That's, that's all. Um, I've definitely seen it. Yeah. Oh, and, and it, it, <coughs> well, my friend Stephanie, she got it in Juliet, I think like a week before she got married. And uh, this is 2000, 
2010 ish. Yeah, 2010. And maybe in 2000, probably still 2000. No, 2010. Um, and, you know, she she said it smells of smells of flowers, t- taste of rotten, taste of rotten meat. So, and I think most people agree to it. And I was very proud of myself uh, when I went to see uh, L Seven in uh, Chicago the, uh, back in October. One, they had the same bartender. Like I, I went up to see KMFDM. And then I see posters for the next weekend was L7. Uh, best known for the song Shitless, probably. And um, from there, but, you know, I went up, like, I went and probably had three or four rounds of drinks. Uh, bartender knew what I eventually knew what I was ordering. A screwdriver with Tito's and a shot of Malort. Um. So then the next week I'm up there for L7 and somebody's, you know, like, oh, how'd you like the uh, f- the first act? The uh, fix, I th- not the fix, at uh, the F act. <sighs> Sorry. I bought their album. I mean, so I'm trying to support them. And, like, great feminist message for the time. And she said, oh, have you seen? Oh, so you listen to Bikini Kill? And I showed my Bikini Kill shirt. I got it right fest a couple of years. And, oh. And like she's trying to show me off to her friends, and I'm a dim little shit, so I didn't actually like. Oh, I guess I'm gonna hang out with them for the rest of the night. <laughs> That's what I should have done. But I was able. To, she saw me like get my drinks and saw me have a shot glass. And oh, what's that? Oh, it's Malort. Have you ever had Malort? I think I have. Well, I'll be happy to buy you a shot of Malort. <laughs> And before the bartender gave her the shot, she said, I need your phone because I need to record the reaction. <laughs> so. So that, uh, yeah, that's um, so it's worth a try. I'm going to tell you that. But most people do not oh, yeah, like it. Sounds it sounds like it. So. Sounds awful. Nothing but, you said has sold me on my lord. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and it's not like. For me being a fan of it, it's just fun to get people. Like I felt like a real Chicago and if you could trick somebody into doing a shot. <laughs> so um, you know, it's it's been a while. I've got the movie playing in my peripheral. I have it on DVD. Um so they're at Hoover DM Dude, that's right. A comedy classic. Oh yeah. No, no, I mean it's of course you... well, it's one of those like it it's took a while. So like I think this DVD, if I remember the trailers correctly, like the trailers before this DVD were for um, really they only had one trailer and it was for Nacho Libre, which I think is a good kids film. But okay, I won't pet your bum. Never watched. Oh <laughs> uh, no, I I saw it in the theater. Um, a lot of people say it's stupid. I thought, nah, it's for what it is, it's good. Um. Yeah, I mean, it didn't seem like it was for kids. That's why I never really watched it. Oh, yeah. No, it just and... didn't seem like it was for me. Oh, right, right. So, no, I, I got you. So, basically, this is like the 10-year uh, DVD release. Because, you know, back in the day, when people were still wondering if DVD was going to be a thing. Because Laserdisc didn't pick up. <laughs> uh, you didn't yeah. get a, You didn't get a lot of special features. Which is 
Um, yeah, so I bought a lot of V. Like I, I was a VHS guy for a lot, you know, just because. Well, if I'm gonna buy a DVD, it better be loaded features. So, um, but I'm just just a note, just a note I documented. They do not treat movies. Do not treat hotel staff well ever. No, uh, and I say that like, and and Beavis and Butthead do America when the concierge gets them to their room. Oh, I'm sorry, we didn't know you're registered guests. You know, trying to hump the the uh, mast of a a faux ship at the. Uh, I'm presuming they were at the Luxor. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, oh, we didn't realize you were a registered guest. And then he's standing around expecting a tip. And like, could you not be here? <laughs> and it brings it brings me back to Home Alone 2, where you have Rob Schneider always expecting a tip. Like, no, we're not that pretentious. I was in hospitality for a while. Usually I don't want to get a lot of money from a, a guest because that means they're a shitty guest. They know they're going to wreck the room. They know, you know. They, they, you know, at least they have the sense to know that we're going to have to clean, you know. We're going to have to put extra work in for them. Like, so. Uh, let's see. Another another thing like uh, this movie, I don't know if it you didn't could almost ha- argue the people around Beavis and Butthead are dumber than Beavis and Butthead. Um, well, y- y- they they did it well by putting them with a bunch of senior citizens on a bus trip after. So I guess you know we're forty five minutes in, and we might as well go over the plot. Uh, Beavis and Butthead have monologue on the bus. Is one of this... the funniest things ever. Yes, <laughs> we're never going to score. Like these these people are <laughs> these people these people are all are all older, <laughs> but they've probably scored. Like this this lady here is a slut, and this guy's probably he's <laughs> this guy's probably scored a million times. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's never going to happen. Shut up back there. <laughs> yes. Shut up, ass wipe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so it's basically the movie starts with the use of butthead getting robbed of their TV. The only thing they steal in the house is the TV. They're desperate to find a TV. They get expelled from the high school for trying to take the AV's t- club's TV. And so desperate they start knocking around hotel rooms. Well, they go in into Anderson's camp camp camper to watch TV, not knowing that all the soda in the refrigerator is spoil I mean warm, and they kill that TV. They go and inadvertently meet up with Muddy Grimes, voiced by Bruce Willis, who tells them, Oh, you guys are young, but they said you were young, and we're gonna I'm gonna pay you ten thousand dollars to do my wife. <laughs> plus expenses. Uh, they want to still watch... Some, Beavis at least wants to watch some TV still. Uh, Muddy shoots the TV. Uh, then we basically find out that Beavis and Butthead are mistaken for hitmen when they go to Vegas, fly to Vegas after nearly crashing that plane. 
And again, the careful work, the careful wording to get a PG-13 when Butthead rolls into the cockpit, lands on all the, uh, the, uh, uh, get out of the cockpit. (laughs) You said, get out. So, um, so they end up in Vegas where they are tricked into getting on a bus, a tour bus with senior citizens to head to Washington by the wife, Dallas, who has in her possession a dangerous biological weapon. And basically to make sure it's not on her hands when Robert Stack in the ATF buster sews it into Beavis and Butthead's pants. The Butthead's Beavis's pants. And of course, it's not a good case, so anything should set it off. And of course, you know, Beavis is scratching his butt, Butthead's kicking his butt. And so (laughs) I'm in the movie right now where they end up missing the bus playing with the urinals. And (laughs) They end up on a bus full of nuns. <laughs> yeah, this looks pretty cool, but there's a talking yeah. snake. Slung is slung, yeah. Uh, needless to say, after they go... I don't even and... know why I rewatched this movie today. I already know it front to back. I've seen it so many times. In my life. Well, I, I mean, I can't say I've seen it that many times. Again, I didn't buy the DVD until, you know... Well, I mean, I didn't buy the DVD until I ran across a copy at Disc Replay uh, in Champagne. So, Beast and Butthead eventually get knocked off the nun's um, bus, and the nuns intended on that. Yeah, they were they they gave some bad advice during the confession knolls they were hiding in. So, well, they weren't hiding the confessionals; they thought they were porta potties. And God smites them even, so. Um, a thing I do, again, another great moment with Robert Stack is um, the other agent, Bork. Uh, uh, sir, do you remember the um, the the old man who's who they, the old man who said they were whacking off in his camper? Damn, damn it, you're a federal agent, Bork. Don't ever end your sit- sentence with a preposition. Uh, oh, do you remember the old man who owned the camper, camper they were where they were whacking? That's good. So, I mean, not a lot of notes, honestly, for this one. Um like the most recent movie I watched to do a podcast on was Under Siege. Had a lot of notes, but also like a lot of them were just documenting great try-hard movies. Uh, you know, movies that are obviously die-hard knockoffs, like Under Siege, Die Hard on a Boat. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there's a lot more notes to take. This is just a oh, and the, yeah, the nuns are doing a little trot to get rid of Beavis and Butthead as they're at the Petrified Forest National Park. You might be wondering, how could word get this hard? (laughs) And, um, so, 
Yeah, that's uh. Yeah, man, it's very it's elementary school shit, but goddamn it, it works on me every time. Oh no, it was like no, like like I was talking about Under Siege, and my guest Andrew TD was just constantly saying it's an action movie. You have to shut your brain off. And Beavis and Butthead does not require you to flip that switch. It, it's not a challenging. It's not a challenging movie, and it's not a challenge. It's not a challenging show. It it is all juvenile stuff, but if you nail the jokes right, like um, it goes back to chasing Amy, where um, where uh, when um, Athlek was trying was first trying to hit on um, dang it. I forgot that. Oh, great. I feel like a bad Kevin Smith fan. Uh, he's Holden McNeil. Can't remember the name of. Uh... Holden my dick. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. Um, I left a pause and you fill it in. That's what she said. All right. Um but no, uh, Holden explaining why he writes Blunt Man and Chronic, and he, and you know, you know, one day my grandma sat me down and said the real money is in dick and fart jokes. She was a she was a church going woman, <laughs> so. Um, no, you got to be dumb as possible, like. I I thought of a gimmick the other day for comedy that would probably make a million dollars. I just you do the catchphrase, and that deserves a beer. Just print it on t-shirts and fucking koozies and shit. Do a mediocre act where you just say that after some dumb shit. That that explains Bonnie Baker. (laughs) I swear to God, they did. Thank God someone else says it. God damn, Bonnie Baker sucks. He's okay uh, on the radio. Okay, yeah. Five minutes. Five minutes yep. at a time. But a yeah. whole show for an hour. Holy oh. fucking shit, it sucks. I, I hadn't seen it for an hour. It was the Bob and Tom All-Star tour at the Peoria Civic Center Theater. Uh, we had That was back when Roy Wood Jr. was still trying to make a name for himself. Uh, and then, yeah, Donnie yeah. Baker. And, yeah, it's like, okay, so he's got a 15 20 minute set tops and it sucks so yeah um but people love it man old boomers love that shit and that that that, that's disturbing because it kind of makes you ponder um i'm a gen xer it's like so is beavis and butthead are donnie baker i (laughs) You see, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Is he, Mike Judge, they, well, not anymore. I don't think Mike Judge exactly has a whole lot to do with Beavis and Butthead anymore. I think other people just write it now, but um, well, I haven't watched the new stuff. I imagine he still does because I don't. Beavis and Butthead has a little bit of brains behind it. Oh no, but it's it's a I mean, it's 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 a real well. The brains is because is a realization that we're doing stupid stuff. Um, I think. Um, Donnie Baker is just well, as you say, it's just simple catchphrase. I swear to God, Randy, and we all we all know a guy like that. Uh, somebody who thinks they're the class clown. It's like, 
No, you're not. Like, um, usually they're a fat kid. I'm going to say that. <laughs> um, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. It, it, that's actually a joke we, we made, it, uh, me and I. Um, I, I'm spilling it. I haven't done anything too bad to this guy. Uh, my uh, travel buddy back from Peoria uh, before I got up, hooked up with Danny Daniels. Um, Raul Salazar, sinister. Um, like he was, he basically had a DUI. So it, it, so basically, he wanted to travel, hit the hit, hit the hit the road territories and everything, and I'd drive him. Um, but you know, you know, I'm drinking like after putting up with all this bullshit in the car, <laughs> drinking at the bar with uh, Jester Scott Bishop. Um, so. The thing that got him and Bishop into (laughs) into wrestling in the Peoria scene was basically they were both body piercers at I'm No Angel Tattoo, and they did funny commercials on 105.7 The the X. Um, I think I remember those. I think I've seen Bishop. No, it's probably different. I Bishop a black guy? No, he's white. He's a he's a he's a ginger. He's a different Bishop I saw then. Oh no, there's plenty of bishops in wrestling. Um Oh, I don't doubt it. Yeah, no, so but you know, we're talking and it's like, oh gosh. Well, you know, and Bishop, who's ten years my senior and would have been if he's ten years my senior, four years Raul's senior. It's like he's no, he's just the funny fat kid. Um Hell of a con, hell of a carny though. I will give Raul that much credit. <laughs> so I'm, I got the movie again in my peripheral. We are in the desert, and Beavs and Butthead have ran into the former Motley Crew roadies, where David Letterman plays the big guy, the um, Butthead. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, that was like a big deal. And I remember is, seeing his name in the credits, but I could never put my finger on who he was. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Butthead so yeah, Letterman showed up on an episode of Beavis and Butthead when uh like uh Beavis and Butthead were going into the A V club. Join join the A V club. And um uh, yeah, so they wanted to do David Letterman. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So so it still makes you wonder who the like. I know we like. It, it's just screwy the continuity. Like we know Beavis's mom is around somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, anything about Butthead aside for until this movie. Um. And lost track who? Oh, Mike Judge. That's who I was going to try searching for. Uh. Oh, they did grow up on that same couch, though, but they're not related. Yeah, we don't know. Well, according to the, to the you know, yeah, we were in this toilet uh, called Highland, and I scored with two chicks. Yeah, yeah. No, you didn't score with any chicks. <laughs> cool. <laughs> are, the, are, yeah, are those? Butthead's character, how he would just take credit for yeah. everything. He's the producer of the. Yes. Oh, there's a good running stimpy about that stuff. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of when I made that joke. 
I stole it from Ren and Stimpy. Yeah. <laughs> you get to be the producer, Ren. <laughs> you just sit around and take all the credit. Yeah, they they, they were making the whatever cartoon. Yeah. yeah. That's another good one. Why won't there ever a Ren and Stimpy movie? Uh, because it kept bouncing between um creatives. Uh, once they got rid of John Krefalewski, it. <laughs> um. So let's see. I'm looking over Mike Judge. So, Tales from the Tour, but and Mike Judge is basically just doing stuff to have fun. In all honesty. Oh that's, yeah, that's his IMDb. I've never seen anything of his that I hated, though. Uh, yeah, no. Um, I haven't seen Idiot. enough. Of- Solid. I mean, it's kind of low budget, and I kind of heard. It oh, that's why I didn't like get a, a. That's why I didn't but, get a why didn't get a good release was because they, oh no, this is just nobody's gonna get it. It's too. There's nothing exciting. Um. So no, we kind of ahead of time too because it yeah. came out in like two thousands, didn't it? Yeah. No, Idiocracy was two thousand six. So this was just after. Oh. So that was just at, at by the end of the uh well it wasn't the end it was kind of the end of that um uh nationalism bit yeah. that the Republicans wrote on. Um so it made sense to release it, but it was more of a retrospective, not a prediction of the future. I think Silicon Valley is really funny too, if you've ever yeah, seen that. I have First not two of my favorite scenes in comedy ever when they um, go to this, this church and uh when they bike pills off the kids <laughs> uh you know i have a um colt cabana's comedy partner uh marty DeRosa. so uh 2020 i was up t- at uh, c2e2 and um so uh, afterwards, I ended up breaking up with my uh, girlfriend, the Alley of Alley's Accessory Shops on Etsy's Trash Feature Review. That's, but I mean, that's just uh, we went to see. So, one of the podcasts I listened to, and Alley enjoyed listening to it just because of how goofy they were, was Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling. Uh, they're currently on a hiatus, and yeah, uh, that's probably a good thing. That probably means they're making money. <laughs> um, and then uh. Uh, though marty marty was dealing with a lot of depression but you know he's got a dying dad right now so yeah i get it and he lost his best friend so yeah but he he he, uh, he like his first podcast was rest called wrestling with depression uh if you want to see some marty DeRosa stuff um he did a co- he did a, he's done a couple of comedy series on youtube with colt cabana uh called creative has nothing for you um and i think worst promo ever where it was where if you ever heard the jump in the jump in uh jumping Jim Farmer promo. It's something to look up. Like it is so the worst it is the worst pr- promo ever. Um <laughs> and then for kicks, because Cabana was still friends with Punk. Cabana was still friends with Punk at the time. He had Punk recite that promo word for word. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, creative has nothing for you. That was a great series with, uh, that was done right after Cabana got fired from WWE. (laughs) Like, um, 
So yeah, um, no Silicon Drop Valley. It just that was just a classic victim of the uh, Me Too movement in the end. Because uh, T.J. Miller, which he's done some reprehensible things, but he's a nutcase to his credit. And then um, I'm surprised the other guy didn't get one of the funniest things. And I'm kind of surprised the other the guy. The other guy. Uh, the other guy who. Um, other guy. Thomas Middleditch. Um, he kind of was able to bounce off a Me Too accusation. Oh, yeah. Well. But. Um, yeah, Chris Hardwick. Uh, Chris Hardwick had uh, an ex girlfriend. No, there's, there's a podcast I listen to called a Legion of Skanks. They do a live show from the stand when they, TJ Miller was playing pinball. They had one of their interns go up and unplug the pinball machine on him. Oh, jeez. I don't. He <laughs> was funny. He was pissed. Well, as I say, he's a, he, he's a genuine nut. I mean, <laughs> and I shouldn't say nut. He's, he's got, he has mental imbalances, but, um, and he's done stupid and his stupid we thing. Uh, not only was a brain tumor, but he was, um, I don't know. He, he definitely like, he, he, it's to the point where like, okay, you know, you have a problem. Are you going to work to live with the problem or are you going to still be a douchebag? Well, I mean, he's no Chris Delia, so. Chris Delia, which I'm surprised the guy's still touring as far as I know. And still, I mean. Somebody on my Facebook posted pictures of themselves at his show, and all the seats were just empty around them. Oh, that's weird, because as I say, he's like, uh, Peoria Civic Center has a, um, if you go from the, the if you're going to go to the primary box office and you go from the theater to it, um, you see a wall of all the people who have played the Civic Center. and Like, they haven't taken Chris D'Elia down. I should look, because I saw Bill Cosby live at the Civic Center, so... Uh, so, I'll have to take a look next time I go see the Riffermen while they're still in Peoria, at least. It was just funny. Chris D'Elia must be 18. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's a funny thing, though. One night at the hotel I worked at, um... In Peoria, the Mark Twain, which I loved, it got me into hospitality. But the problem with hospitality is the ownership has to want to make a great place, and um, you don't get that in most small towns. And last time I was at the Mark Twain, I got a tattoo done from my guy knows that uh. Twisted Vision tattoos in Peoria Heights. And I mean the the place is still nice as hell, but they've definitely let the pan they they I got I got kind of dicked over by the new management of the place. Like I got a full time position, quit my day job, and then oh yeah, we can't let you drive the car. So you know, eventually became a night auditor and that ended up being hell for the first couple of years living down in Champaign-Urbana because, oh, you work night audit. Then you're going to work night audit here at a crappier hotel where the owner is just built it for his own ego. That would be the I-Hotel. 
So I, I've buried them before. Like I wrote a blog before AEW came to Champagne. Like, look, I know it's right across the street. Don't stay at the I Hotel. It's a piece of garbage. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so by this point, Beefs and Butthead have made it to Washington. Um, Dallas, no, Muddy, Muddy was able to find them in the desert, which, you know, I, I thought for a moment, it was good seeing the, uh, animated sequence, the Rob Zombie animated sequence. Cause I heard Rob Zombie's name, but like the imagery in it is like, oh, that's very much old Coop stuff, I think. But no, it, you know, watch it closely. No, it's, it's, it's Rob Zombie's and, you wonder why the guy hasn't done more of that stuff. Like, um, like I know he did an animated movie, which is just crazy, but um, it was crazy enough to make me think that, well, maybe he could do the monsters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still say that shit looked like a softcore porno. Yeah, and it's rated PG, of all things. <laughs> No, I did no. see some of that Wednesday with my my fiance though. I I've heard right. good things about that. Oh no, that, you lost me one day. You gave her superpowers. Well, I haven't watched that much of it, but you know when you got Fester who can, uh, you know, do the light bulb gimmick. I I can't really be too angry. Oh. A fucking Adam's family Harry Potter is what is what it is. Well, I mean, it's got to be better than the cart the animated movies. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't see it. Those ones in the nineties were pretty dope, though. Yeah. Oh no, everybody loves that. Um, I thought the first one is overrated. The second one is is gold. There's no argument about that. So it really is, dude. So no, there was a uh, Rob Zombie. I think he probably wrote the comic book for it, but he there was a uh, animated movie he did called uh, The Haunted World World of El Superbisto. <laughs> oh yeah, I had a couple issues of that. Yeah, and the the animated translation is is all right. Um, I mean, all the voice actors are just going for broke. Like it's the most obnoxious Rosario Dawson you'll ever come across. Yeah, it's really <sighs> over the top. Yeah, yeah. I had that DVD. I bought it at a GameStop. I think. Yeah, back then. Yeah, no, I. I mean, the good old days where everybody was buying and selling, but with physical media going out and like, oh, it it kills me at my retailer when it's like, oh no, I'll take the digital edition of the PlayStation Five. I like I like physical media, so when I buy it and I don't like it, I know there's a chance I can get rid of it. <laughs> so. Yeah, not so much anymore. Well, I mean, do I own a lot of digital video games? I own a few for my Switch. Um, I bought a few on the PlayStation 4. I haven't done it on the Xbox yet. I'm not the Xbox. I did, uh, truthfully, I probably did a lot on the Xbox. But Xbox, it was nice when you had the... Um, um Xbox Gold and you had games with gold and you didn't have to have a subscription to play them. <laughs> On my PlayStation 5, I, I get three well I don't I'm not an X I'm not an Xbox guy. I'm like those earbuds that were giving me trouble. I'm a Sony loyalist. 
like my my famous story of Sony is when um, I found out that the PlayStation 3, they were going to stop making them backwards compatible with the 2 and the 1. It's like, well, then I'm not, I'm going to buy myself an Xbox 360. If I'm going to buy a new system, I was a big Wii guy. I'm a big Nintendo guy. As I say, I'm an elitist. Um, Switch is the best system out there. I'll just say it. Um, but then it's like, oh, I got a fi- like this is coming off a of bankrupt my bankruptcy, and it's like I got a finger hut offer, and it's like, well, I'll get myself a Blu-ray player because that's the only reason I'd get a PlayStation Three. And what kind of what brand was my Blu-ray player? Uh, Sony. So <laughs> I can't win with those guys. Um, so that's uh. Yep, that's that's my electronic story there. So Beavis and Butthead have gotten to Washington. They've already left the Capitol and they've already did the speech. Um, but it's funny. So the old the old slut, as Beavis would call her, is voiced by Cloris Leachman. And honestly, it's a pretty good performance from her. You don't know it. Because I've yeah, she shows up as an old woman in a lot of children's movies. Uh, voice wise. Yeah. Um, and it's like, that was crazy though, especially, <laughs> and this is back in the time where, oh, marijuana is the worst because, you know, after the speech, you know, it's like, oh, Travis, you need to call, you can't get yourself worked up like that. I think I have something to help. Does this bottle say Xanax? <laughs> <laughs> like he was gonna, she was gonna kill Beavis. If if that worked out, <laughs> so so that's um just a little note. Um, again though, it just further like I am okay. Yes, three thousand people died, but I'm more pissed off that we can't have this silly security stuff anymore because of nine eleven. Yeah, it's a bummer. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it it it's it's a screwed up world, like where. But here's something about Beefs and Butthead, the movie. Um, so like you open it with the entire Godzilla scene. Oh, uh, hey, baby, I'm I'm, I'm like really tall. <laughs> And uh, but it's like, oh, you you know, th- it almost makes you wonder if they put too much effort into this because it's a big movie. Like everything looks so much more grand, as I said, they actually you can actually sh- see shadows and shading in in the Beavis and Butthead house. And then, you know, I'm watching the credits for this movie and it's like. Oh, those poor Korean animators. What were they thinking as they're doing this movie? You thought about this way more than uh, I did. Like uh, the new one opens up and they had a coffee table. And I was like, holy shit, they got a coffee table now. <laughs> it really started moving up. So. I will say though, it is kind of neat how it fucking starts off with them. Like. This is uh, why we weren't around for all these years uh well as i say i haven't i don't have paramount plus so i haven't um and i, I, w- I don't mean to get it i've been wanting to watch it for a while 
Well, and no, and I still, I, I don't want to pay, I don't want to pay ten to twenty dollars to watch the uh, exclusive South Park's Paramount Plus got. So it's like, hey, uh, so after COVID, and I think they did another, I think they did a couple of after COVID stuff that was solely for Paramount Plus. Uh, I mean, because they HBO Max still had all the episodes from the 25th season, which is only a six episode season, which is kind of a letdown. I mean, but I can't blame them. Like, how long do Trey and Matt actually want to be stuck doing South Park? (laughs) Especially once they started doing continuity. (laughs) So there's a butthead, butthead uh, meeting Chelsea Clinton. I noticed you have braces. I have braces too. So, and that was something I always worried back back in junior high. Like I had a girlfriend for a week in junior high, but I was always little worried because I had braces at the time. And yeah, honestly, braces are no big deal. Um, at least from a sexual standpoint, because I knew I was messing around with a stripper in Peoria who had braces. Um, but I don't know what it would be like to have braces and braces action. <laughs> so I just kind of that's where I got my mind. I I could get to the gutter occasionally. <laughs> so. Yeah, I but, wouldn't know. I'm not. I don't have braces. Did you ever have braces, or because I know, I mean, what? No. Okay, no, it's, I've never it, had braces. It it's Central Illinois. I get it. <laughs> uh, again, I grew up in a town where you're expected to look, look the role. You know, be sophisticated. Like we have the nicest trailer park in the area, the meth lab I lived up up above for briefly in two thousand six. That was, you know, that was right in the middle of town because there's no sh- shitty place to put it. So it's almost like hiding in plain sight. So do you think they exclusively masturbate on uh, Tom Anderson's property? Uh, I mean, that's quite the routine. It almost seems like it. It seems like it. I know. I, it I, really I, seems like it. No, I mean, that just seems, seems quite the routine. Um, I mean, there is tool shed an awful lot, it sounds like. Yeah. Like, yeah, we're at that scene where Beavis is, oh, and I forgot <laughs> it. been whacking it, not me. <laughs> but no, we're at the scene where uh, Beavis has finally gotten into the camper at, with Dallas's picture, <laughs> and he's doing. And I and I failed to realize it in my most recent watch. I know I caught it back the other times I've watched it. Like he's doing a pan down picture camper, picture camper, picture camper, picture camper, picture camper, picture camper, Washington Memorial camper. <laughs> Like, 
That is the dumbest of the monuments, I think, in all of Washington. It's the Washington Monument. Yeah, it's pretty lame. Uh, well, I don't think it's lame. Like, I like the idea that it's just a more of a statement. But, you know, it's a big dick joke. Like, did Martha Martha tell them something when they were designing it? Like, maybe I'm just saying, maybe maybe George had the equipment, and that's a perfect representation. But I think if the Washington's had the equipment, build that. I'm sorry. Never mind. Yeah, um, I don't. That's it, it. It's still a compensation joke, regardless. <laughs> so, yep. And again, like this is stuff that you would like. There's so many YouTube channels where they like have people break down why this isn't realistic. But somehow, I would not be surprised if pre 9-11 you could just park across the street in a camper from the White House yeah true I hate those YouTube videos by the way no I don't know Uh, fucking this dude just takes these children's cartoons entirely too seriously oh no you can't do it let these kids enjoy their cartoons for fuck's sake no, I I don't watch them breaking down kids movies. I like like channels like Legal Eagle where you know, it's like, "Oh, I'm going to watch a an episode of Law and Order and break it down." Or Dr. Mike. No. It... But then I see stuff like uh, he hey. watches like no, I mean, and I'm I'm almost curious to watch like an SS an SAS um captain tells us the accuracy of war movies. And it's like, no, we know they're inaccurate. Like we were like uh when I did the Under Siege podcast, we were very proud to say, Yeah, the guns look stupid and we don't even want to get into the welding stuff. <laughs> but hey, they at least showed that grenades don't explode. <laughs> I mean don't don't go up in fireballs. Well, I mean that makes more sense though. I mean, uh, but Dante watches ones where it's like sunny for a chance of meatballs, and he's all, "Well, this wouldn't happen." Well, no shit, it's a fucking cartoon. Man. Yeah, no, no, that one's ridiculous. That would be ridiculous. I'm... Meatballs are falling from the sky. I and I don't know. Like, I don't have kids. Thankfully, I mean. I say thankfully because one, I'm an overgrown child. I'll acknowledge that. <laughs> Dude, the YouTube videos kids watch are stupid, man. I, but that's just it. It's like <laughs> down here watching commercials, man. No, commercials, I get straight up yeah. watching commercials. <laughs> I know. Well, and I don't know. It's like I don't want to be accusatory. Accusatory. It's like. Like, why is the kid watching YouTube anyhow? <laughs> I, 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 I just, you know, that's what TV is now. I mean, there's, pl- you know, what you, TV is it's YouTube. You could put Pluto TV on; it's free. 
I, I, as I say, I don't know. Like my, um, my best friend had, uh, oh, okay. I can't, no, I can't blame it there. I don't know. Again, like for me, it's like, don't, you know, trying to date at 40. My baby's a dragon cartoon from the 80s. Damn fucking right. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. No, you're, you're fucking right Right, there. You're right. So ask her what Ric Flair says. Go ahead. See what happens. Ask her what Ric Flair says. (laughs) Tell me I'm not raising her right. No, no, no. As long as she knows that my shoes are worth more than your house. I'm a limousine riding, jet flying, wheeling, dealing. Uh, Grant, granted, like that that's more stuff that pissed me off about wrestling is like all right it's good that marty Skrull's working AAA now so maybe he'll get back to the american scene and it's like i just want my baby to yell at somebody that her shoes cost more than her more than their house yes and no and i think that's and you know what man i think that's what all parents should strive for I mean, it's rules to picture my head. It's awesome. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's telling you, you know, it's you know, giving your kids that knowledge that you have to. Well, again, Rick, like, I hate Ric Flair just because he's a sex offender (laughs) who got away with it, essentially. Um, but no, like, this is this is the added like ah. Well, I don't know. Maybe you shouldn't be a piss huh, dealing, wheel, wheel and dealing, limousine ride, and jet flying son of a bitch. Because, <laughs> right? I mean, well, the gimmick at the at those times, though. Yeah. Well, that was like, oh, to be. I don't know. That's that's just nuts. The eighties, especially the territory. For that long, definitely warped his brain, man. Oh no, but but he, yeah, he didn't catch on to the fact that you're living the gimmick because promoters are paying for the gimmick. Uh, once you once you stop, once they stop paying for it, settle the fuck down. So, yeah, it's a uh, that's um, oh no, man, he's pretty cool. Right. Okay. Look, I, you know, my bankruptcy is because I was paying for somebody's heroin addiction because I couldn't stand to see them suffer. But I will tell you right away. uh, Otherwise, I had the attitude that spend the money like before that stuff went down. I had the attitude to spend the money now. I'm going to make it big. I'll make it back. And Cody Rhodes even says that like spend it now and make it make it back later. Which no is not. Well, no, I agree with that. Like you know, when I think about oh, jeez, if I could, well, you know, it's it's more it morbid thoughts. It's like you know, I stop and like oh, all my financial problems would be taken care of. Something like this happened, and it's like no, fuck that. Mom and dad should spend all the money, and I shouldn't get a damn cent. (laughs) That's their money. Spend it how they when they want it. So I hope they do that. Um, but 
my dad's a smart person and my mom will be a penny pincher the moment. <laughs> so no, there'll, there'll be money, but it's not like, no, there shouldn't be money. It's not mine. Especially when they like, I don't know. I was probably a bad investment for my parents Two wrestling camps in Iowa university of Iowa. <laughs> Those aren't cheap being trained by Dan Gable. <laughs> Like I, I, I can say I was tra- yeah, like I tra- I just said, man, you came out and you stomped on all of their dreams. <laughs> Did you say what Titus said? Yeah, Christopher Titus. Yes, you know. no, no, yeah, I got it. I was just making sure. Yeah, that that sounds like a Christopher. So, otherwise, with this movie, the credits are playing right now. Um, I see that Eric Bogosian did some voices on it. And I don't know if a lot of people know who Eric Bogosian is. Like, he's primarily a theater actor. But he's like a weird, creepy-looking guy. Have you seen um, Under Siege 2 Dark Territory? Not in a long time. Well, you know the bad guy, right? The computer nerd. Kind of. Well, as I said, I think that's like the only... Like, Eric Bogosian, like, I know he he's done a lot of movies. It's just, like, I think his, um, I don't know if I'm ever going to do, I, I after the Under Siege uh, podcast, uh, I don't know if I'm ever going to do a Under Siege 2 Dark Territory. Nah, dude, there's better Steven Seagal movies, man, like uh, Marked for Death. Marked for Death is my favorite Steven Seagal movie. It is so. It it I don't, I'm not gonna say it's a good movie because it's just so silly. Dude, uh, I enjoy it. <laughs> I like those old Steven Seagal movies, dude. Those old Spalacan movies. Are my so so no, I was talking. I was talking with Andrew TD over that, um, and he was saying his favorite might be Above the Law, which is basically the the blood sport of Steven Seagal. Like, you know, he's making all this shit up, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, no, I say, I'd say like he had four great ones in the original, his original run. And that's above the law marked for death, hard to kill under siege. And then it went all this shit. He kind of he had kind of had some success being a rap star in rap star movies, but no. Nah, um, yeah, like, he's I, been doing the straight to DVD thing for a while. Well, not that oh, they just shoot him from like the neck up, and he's always a sniper. Right. Well, I've seen him, and uh, I saw one of the the movie he did with Steve Austin. Um, I can't remember the can't remember the name of it. Uh, and I've seen the one that was supposed to be him versus vampires called Against the Dark, which was a total bot. Oh gosh, how do you mess that up? With that said, since uh, we yeah, did I don't get- know. After Chuck Norris did it, I mean, how, you can't top that. The Chuck Norris Hellbound movie or whatever it's called. Um, you see, Chuck I, Norris I, just fights the devil. I I hadn't seen that one. I kind of tuned out after. Uh, Sidekicks oh, when it comes dude, to Chuck Norris. You gotta see that one. That's a good one, dude. You gotta see the fucking Chuck Norris Hell movie. 
Uh, no, no. As I say, uh, I haven't seen this since I was like fifteen. Which which tells me like like he had a great run with Canon, and then, and truthfully, like his movies with Canon are the, some of the most misogynistic. Oh yeah, stuff. Dude, missing in action is good. I'm sorry. Um, no, missing in action is funny just is because missing in action that was good. Uh, I like missing. My favorite's probably Braddock, missing in part, missing in action three. But, um, I you know, missing in action. Basically, they that the story behind that one is they knew they heard that Chuck they heard that Stallone was doing Rambo two. So it's like canon. Canon is. You know, the label was basically they were the type of people who'd go to cans to sell movies solely based on posters without scripts. They like come up with some cool artwork, sell the movie based solely on the poster design, and then write the movie. Oh yeah, Full Moon does that to this day. Ah, Full Moon though is Full Moon still seems to have a little more class than <laughs> Um, and, and never mind the fact, once you come up with Puppet Master, you don't have to really make a poster or a script. Just put the puppets back in another movie. Um, but, no, that is the story behind... Yeah, use those of... old puppets again. We can make seven other movies out of these. Oh, yeah. Well, Roger Corman did that, too. So, like, um, if you ever see Galaxy of Terror, which was... Like all the set design was done by James Cameron, and looks pretty cool. It's all right. Sid Haig's in it. Um, and then you then there's another movie, uh, Forbidden World, where Roger Corman produced it still, and he ripped off like movie like bat space battles from battle battle um battle the stars amongst the stars something like that and. uh He's took the took a lot of stuff from that uh, Galaxy of Terror that uh, James Cameron designed and just reused it for this um, alien knockoff, which honestly is a fun alien knockoff, but nearly a knockoff nonetheless. So, but um, yeah, I mean, this is a Beavis and Butthead to America. That's really a nice little nostalgia trip. I mean, it's two thumbs up by Siskel and Ebert, like. I mean, it's just the most juvenile comedy done right. You don't, you know, not not a lot it of. Really is. I mean, there there's there's some builds. Well, no, everything is funny all the time in this movie. But when it, but what's more rewarding is when you get all this build, and then when you get a bunch of build, despite you having a bunch of funny jokes going on, anyhow, like Cornholio. You can't help but laugh every moment Beavis is in Cornholio mode. And then you get a punchline like him looking at the Nixon poster, not the Nixon painting. <laughs> Are you threatening me? That That is Beavis and Butthead. That's, and Mike Judge had the beauty. Like I think the series stopped, I want to say, hopefully 98. Could have been 99. I don't know, that sounds right. Yeah, I'm pulling it up. I mean, 
There we go. Mike Jones. It was fun for a while and it came back. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I don't see him doing well. He's the executive producer on the new series. So he's still getting the credit. But yeah, director, Jason Butthead. So they say 1993 to 2011, I guess, is the original series. Because they don't count the, they I guess they count the new series separate. <laughs> but they didn't oh, count I the. Guess they do that with Doctor Who too. That's true. Like 50th anniversaries and whatnot. I'm like, wait a minute, wasn't the show gone for like 20 years? <laughs> right. Well, hey, it's it's and we and we talked about it on the uh, Boondock Saint podcast. Not the Boondock Saint podcast. No, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I can't I can't make the equation work. The mo- first movie is a little on the long side and Troy Duffy doesn't do other movies. Like we're trying to like I was talking to Andrew, it's like, you want to talk about Tombstone, which is too long for my podcast. But Paul, I mean sorry, George P. Cosmatos directed Cobra First Blood Part Rambo First Blood Part Two. And he directed um, Tombstone. And pretty much everybody knows that he doesn't actually direct movies. He basically facilitates the actor's whims. Like everybody pretty much says Kurt Russell directed Tombstone. And Cobra, I think you could say Cosmonis directed that just just because um, Stallone was too busy screwing around with uh, Bridget Nielsen. To actually give a shit about the movie. So. So. Well. um, You know. uh, When it comes to doing a wrestling podcast. I think that's something to hold hostage. Is behind a Patreon. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I just got to come up with more time. I suppose. Like. Today has been dedicated. Like the entire day has been dedicated to recording podcasts. Yeah. Um, so, but, um, with that said, uh, Gregory, you got anything online you want to promote? No, not a damn thing. Yeah. So you need to get a wrestling fix. There is the mud show podcast. I know it's on Spotify. Easy to find there. Um, otherwise, as it comes to 90 for chill, the podcast. I haven't done a show to that for fucking ever no I, I i know that as i say it's you're looking for a wrestling fix so we're we're talking you know you're going to your third or fourth dealer because <laughs> you're not up to date <laughs> um oh, I'm way behind those that's guys. what i'm saying it's like that's it's still dead. it's if it's it's it's, it's still talk. wrestling talk if you need it it's got to be better than cornet <laughs> No. Oh, uh, I don't. I don't Corn- even. Corn- no a- way. No way is my. Well, it's just more of a statement. It, it's got to be better than Russo. Russo's tried a few times. <laughs> so. The podcast. Look up the mud show. <laughs> 
All right, but when it comes to 90 for Chill, you can uh, rate, please rate and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Uh, things we're probably going to be changing around March because Podbean only lets me put 100 episodes of my feed on, onto my feed on your big your big apps like Spotify and Apple. So I'm, look, I'm probably going to have to find a new home. Uh, so I don't know how the feed's going to work, but if you want to be on the podcast before all the changes happen, send an email to russthebus07 at gmail.com. That's R-U-S-S-T-H-E-B-U-S-0-7 at gmail.com. Offer uh, me a movie, a director, a theme, an actor. As long as you try to so- focus on sub-100 minute material, I'm sure we can come up with a slice of fried gold. But as I was, you know... More ta- chill. Good movie podcast. I'm sorry? A good movie podcast. Well, thank you. This show is better than the Mud Show, also. Well, I, I, I had, uh, you know, before the Mud Show came, Mud Show was around. I probably had seventy-five episodes of practice. <laughs> so, you know, it, it takes time to get your get your thing right. So it's almost like, yeah, it sucks. I can't hear episodes, uh, one through nineteen, uh, on Apple, but. Were they really that great? So I, I could kind of appreciate not having those available, but that's only, but you know, what am I supposed to do? Get a payroll wall? So, um, yeah, other... it's a shame. I think the best stuff me and Alistair did, ever did was the stuff that I lost on the computer. Right. Uh, yeah. That's, uh, and that's a risk. I mean, I had a great episode about space balls and there was a miscommunication and lost half the audio. Um, but otherwise, if you want to, um, as I say, rate and subscribe on your favorite podcast apps, I will reciprocate five star reviews. My username on Apple is scoop Saley. Otherwise you can want to, if you want to talk shit about the show, follow me on Twitter or just go to my Twitter account. It's at cat bus I'll take th- I'll take that heat over political drama any day. Um and thank you Stacia Hardin uh still being my inspiration. Uh I'm doing my best to pay homage to her memory. Um and I hope she's still uh keeping an eye over all the people she touched in her life. So uh but that's that's going to sum it up. I got my uh Ex uh, girlfriend Allie, she's talking about. Oh, if you want me on the show, offer me a movie. It's like that's not how you know. No, it's I want to know what you want, but it's it's getting busy here, so that's a good thing. And thank you for all your support. Keep rating and subscribing. So uh, thank you again, Gregory. I can't fault your uh, your taste at all. You haven't let me down yet, which kind of makes me think the only time I let you down was when I said, "Oh, we're gonna do James Gunn." <laughs> So, no, that wasn't the letdown. Well, you had to watch Super again. So, <laughs> all right. But well, did th- I actually watch Super again? Well, look, the worst episode I did was um, somebody like, oh, everybody wanted to do Doom. And then two, one person canceled. The other person was good. Uh, Tattoo Squid podcast. It's a good show. Uh, great, just character study, nerd stuff. Uh, and then Trash Panda podcast. 
good guys, fun show to listen to, but um, he did not watch the movie. So it's like, oh, shit. So this is just a circle jerk of podcasters. <laughs> so, but all right. Well, thanks again, Gregory. And I look forward to talking to you soon. All right. You too, buddy. All right. Thanks. Can I hear a wahoo?